X-ray. Northwest IPA Smackdown. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's the Beervana Show, broadcast in Portland on X-ray FM and available anywhere on your favorite podcast service. We join you from under the canopy of a squirrel-laden oak tree here in southeast Portland. Uh, hope I don't get beaned this time. Actually, I'm pretty safe under the under the umbrella here. Yeah, and it's well, the, the acorns aren't going yet, so you should be fine. Hey, that's Jeff Allworth you're hearing there. <laughs> that's his oak tree. Well, actually, not your oak tree, but it's the oak tree that overlooks your property. That's right. I, so you're responsible for any injury that I might suffer in your backyard. <laughs> uh, and you got a new book coming out September 7th? Uh, September 28th. 28th. You got the month right. Well, I had it. It was, I knew it was divisible by seven. Exactly. So I, I had four choices. <laughs> uh, the Beer Bible, second edition. Congratulations. Why, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the point where you're supposed to introduce me. Oh, sorry. We never. We, ever since we switched this up, I've kind of gotten confused. With me, it's Patrick. Right, because Emerson. I was introducing myself. Well, and when I try I'm to introduce your host, Patrick Emerson, <laughs> professor, uh, Patrick Emerson, comma PhD, <laughs> professor of economics at Oregon State University, and I drink beer, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's that's your true credential of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how are things? Uh, they're 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 pretty good. Out from under the heat dome, and you're alive. So that's the last couple of days. Today's going to get a little bit warm, up up to maybe ninety. Uh, but but the last couple of days, eighty, getting down in the fifties at night, spectacular. Normal, in other words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The heat dome almost killed us. 116 degrees in Portland, yeah. shattering the record by nine degrees. Yeah, all time record. All time record. <laughs> Five, nine degrees. The third day in a row, it was shattered. Yeah, that was crazy go nuts. Um, but I'm glad that uh, you survived and I survived. I was up in Hood River last couple days. I have a pro tip for you. Don't go to Hood River on a Tuesday because nothing's open. Oh. Everything closes in Hood River on a Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday, they're all closed down. I think Monday's okay. Monday was uh, was actually quite hot in Hood River, so the kiteboarders were out in full force. They usually are anyway. Um, but I think, you know. Things were okay. But Tuesday, I think, is the day everyone agrees, yeah, we're not – like, no. We're just not going to be serving food or beer or nothing. See, now, as an economist, wouldn't you say that that's a good arbitrage opportunity? For, yes. Uh, did I get that word right? Is that the proper use of that term? Uh, sort of. No, but I get what well, yeah, I got your meaning, <laughs> which is there should be someone who capitalizes on this. Well, funny you should say that because we went to a restaurant. We wandered up to a restaurant doesn't take reservations and – uh uh, it was a Tuesday, and so, so people had to go somewhere. They and all so, tried to go to this restaurant. We got there like an hour and a half before they closed. Like, no, we can't even put you on the wait list because wow. we have way too many people already. <laughs> so that's my pro tip. But you should go to Hood River because uh, there's great beer there. Ferment, by the way, was closed on the Tuesday. I think Freem was open briefly on a Tuesday, something. Huh. Well. Anyway, Hood River was wonderful. It was warm. I swam in the Columbia. All those listeners in Peru that we have are very happy to have this update. Well, the, I mean, many of our listeners, I assume, are planning their trips to their beer tours of Oregon. Fair point. So, yes, fair point. Speaking of which, uh, my uh, my current activities involve going to local Portland breweries for my annual uh, best Portland breweries blog post, uh, and so I've been. Trying a bunch of new beers from a breweries I haven't seen in 15 months, and that's fun. Can we expect that blog post soon? I would say within the fortnight. Ah, do you know? Have you already chosen your champion? 
Well, it's it's going to be a list of uh, a, a top ten list, probably around ten. A listicle. Uh, no, it will not be a listicle. And number seven will blow your mind. It'll it'll be much better than a listicle. <laughs> uh, and, and I select those based on uh, sort of wanting to have more variety for the visitor. So not just nice. all IPA brewers, you know. So uh, I think I'm I think I'm narrowing in on it. But there's a few up in the air. And this year, because I. I realize that there are a lot of breweries here in Portland that people don't know about, but are quite accomplished, even though they're not famous. I'm going to yeah. do a secondary list called the whatever ten or eight or whatever uh, most underrated Portland breweries. Hidden treasures. Yeah, exactly. And number six. <laughs> not I'll never believe number six. <laughs> Come on, man! I'm just like I'm your agent here. You gotta you gotta know how to no juice these listicles things. are death. Juice these things. I am man. the anti listicle guy. <laughs> I think that's un-American. I'm high fiber, baby. <laughs> uh, anything else good in the world? Um, much, much is good in the world. You know, it's summer. It's relaxing. You're out of school. I'm, I'm not. But yeah. you know, I'm a writer, so it's okay. Yeah. This uh, is yeah. And in fact, I'm Oregon. I'm pretty excited for this Friday afternoon. <laughs> what could you be talking about? What's going to happen on Friday? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go away because it'll blow your mind. And first, the news. Are you, you going to give the actual intro? No, no, we got the news. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. My podcast partner is sober as a judge, and it's already this bad. I thought we were going to do the news first. We talked about this. All right. Uh, Will, you can cut that part out. <laughs> you know, he won't. Okay, now we're back. <laughs> were you wondering what's going to blow your mind? <laughs> uh, today, actually, we've been talking about this for a while, and we've been posting about this on the social media things. Yes. Like um, the Twitter and the Instacart. Mostly just the Twitter. Uh, we don't do the Instacart? No, we don't, have, uh, we don't have one of those accounts. But you have the uh, um, the, beer the my face yeah space. But I I mainly posted this on the Twitter. <laughs> anyway, we're having the big Northwest IPA what Smackdown Smackdown. <laughs> uh, this is gonna be awesome. We have eight IPAs from Oregon and eight IPAs from the state of Washington, and. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying my best to sort of. I don't know. WWE this or whatever the WWF. What is the wrestling people? Uh, yeah, pro wrestling. Only one IPA will emerge. Will it be Evergreen State, Beaver State? Who can say? And not only that, but we will do a champion state who gets the highest. That's right. This is a team competition. It's kind of a team. There's a team competition, an individual competition. Who scores the highest among the eight on all eight? We uh, uh, IPAs. Yeah, this will be blind tested, tasted. We've prepared the cans, taped them all up because we have no steward, no. Uh, yeah, no we have no Simon now. Yeah. Uh, if you if you listen to our Pilsner off, then you would know that we had a nice handy dandy helper, which it turns out is super handy dandy when you're trying to do this blind. It is. Uh, instead, we've used a heck of a lot of masking tape. Yeah, we have. <laughs> I think it's a genius system. <laughs> it is. It's foolproof. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you forget a beer and have to be Yeah, we, we, we got we, we already had some issues. We we had carefully selected and taped up our, our uh beers and then realized, oh, there's only fifteen of these here. No, oh, 
but we All figured right. it out. So we've got a fairly large selection of IPAs from Oregon and Washington. I'm reading your script now in front of us, and we're going to taste them and determine definitively which is best. Yes, we are the last word in IPAs. Yes. It's a Beaver versus Evergreen State showdown. Tasted blind for what surely would be the most coveted award in the beer world. That was true with the Pilsner. Yes. I think it showed up on the cans. They're still talking Silver about Silver metal. Uh, the beer vana pod taste off. There were there were demonstrations in front of my house. But by, this is but this is that didn't win. This and, is state pride we're talking about here. This is right. this is for all the marbles. Yes. Uh, this is Beaver versus Evergreens. That's, oh, that's not a fair fight, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that one every single time. Well, okay, good luck. <laughs> Uh, along the way, we'll discuss the IPA style itself, where it came from, and what its contours looked like, as well as addressing this question of best. Is such a thing objective, purely a matter of preference, or something in between? Today will be the preliminary round. This is going to be a two-parter because there's just so much, too much to fit into one. Indeed. So today will be the preliminary round uh, where we will choose the top six. Yes, we'll 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 judge the final six in part two next week. Right. Yeah. So today we'll be the preliminary round to the top six. Stick around to the end when we reveal all the participants. All that soon. But first, the news. Uh, we've got a lot to do on the podcast, so just one item today. This week, Credit Suisse announced uh, research projecting hard seltzer to grow 10% uh, to, to grow to 10% of the entire beer market in the next few years, and it currently is at 2.6%. As we have reported many times, it's growing like crazy. Reporting on the news, Brewbound's Jessica Infante uh, added a couple of very revealing tidbits. However, first, seltzer is quote uh, in her words sourcing most of its share from wine and spirits, though just barely. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's an interesting thing. And, and within beer, I wonder where it's sourcing it, probably more from the macro side. Uh, still, it appears to be an equal opportunity cannibal. More interestingly, cat, more interestingly, category leader White Claw may actually be seeing some headwinds. All the new growth went to Truly, and largely because they've added lemonade as well as tea and punch seltzers, which is, don't even get me started on <laughs> lemonade seltzer. White Claw, meanwhile, is seeing their flavors sag. So... Patrick, I'm wondering, dun, 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 is, is, is Seltzer, as you have long predicted, in trouble? Yes. <laughs> There's no way it's going to get to 10%. Or if it does, it won't stay. It won't stay there. Well, and I think you have to ask the question, if you're making sel uh, lemonade seltzer or punch seltzer, is it even seltzer? I mean, it's just a flavor. It's just an FMB at that point. Exactly. So I'm, I'm it, not sure. that There have been myriad attempts to sell soda, alcohol soda pop to people. And they are successful for a time, and then they move on. Yeah. The only thing that suggests that this has a little bit more staying staying power is the low calorie nature of it. And and it's incredible jump start. It's obviously done pretty well from the start, but uh, uh, yeah. But maybe maybe first signs that. But this is. I think I said this on an earlier podcast. It might have just been in a conversation with you. But does anyone actually enjoy like? You know, I'm going to sit down with my friends and have six or seven seltzers over a nice conversation. I don't think they're actually enjoying the beverage. It's just an easy way to get alcohol in your system. Well, we're probably asking the wrong crowd. But if you out there enjoy your mango truly, let us know. And Patrick will eat crow. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it. There's something wrong with you. That's true. 
uh, fair enough. Then I, I think that they're probably not going to write in. Uh, I'm, I'm putting my marker down. It may be a while. It will be a while. Yeah. But, but, but seltzer will be a thing of the past in two hundred years. Six years and eight months. Okay. <laughs> Mark it on the calendar. <laughs> we may not even be alive then. So I know. Yeah. Okay. But that's the thing about us being old, old farts now is we've seen it all. Oh, we've seen this before. I remember Bottles and James. <laughs> Those that, were never going away. That you have said on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Should we get to tasting these beers? Uh, let's do it. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And, and I, I'm relying on you not to get me totally drunk. All right. So you have to tell me what the technique is because you are a seasoned beer judger. And I am only just an amateur beer drinker. So That's right. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back and uh, report our findings and the six that are going on, including all the participants. Pat, Patrick waves the, the are we are we the Are we saving that for later? Yeah, we'll save okay. that for later. All right. And we are back 16 beers later. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. All right. So let's start by just giving you the rundown of the beers that were in the competition. So, from the great state of Oregon. Uh, before you do that, let's yeah. just stop and say, in general, mm -hmm. and we didn't pull this off entirely, we wanted to do kind of regularly available IPAs so that people, if you guys were interested in going, if you live in the Northwest, yeah. finding these beers and tracking them down, you, it's not they're not one-offs that they did one 10-barrel batch and they're gone by the time this airs. We were looking for supermarket beers that people could find. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we were, yeah, exactly. We're looking for packaged beers that you find in a retail store that was basically a regular beer. Not all of them necessarily. We'll talk about the couple of little exceptions we let slip through. Right. <laughs> and and uh, we did actually buy these in the supermarket. Um, some of the Washington beers I picked up at Ben's Bottle Shop up in Vancouver, Washington. Mm -hmm. um, and then other ones here at Belmont Station. You went to... I went to the Q Quality Food Center, baby. <laughs> the QFC. The QFC. <laughs> but I did actually make a stop at uh, John's Market, um, their new southeast location, uh, to try to find... I'll just say the one omission that we regret is uh, Barley Brown's Pallet Jack. That's right, which I also tried to find it at uh, Belmont Station. And they they said something like they they recently got a shipment of like 80 cases or some crazy amount, and they blew through it fast. So that's a hard beer to get here yeah, in Portland. And that was a consistent story at John's, State, at, uh, John's Market that said that they get them in, and then they sell them out, and then they wait for the next shipment. So so come on, Barley Brown, start making some more beer and sending it to Portland. Yeah, <laughs> but, but so, we, felt, we feel like we got a nice selection, uh, eight and eight, so yeah, yeah, run through those. Okay, so uh, for the great state of Oregon, we started with uh, our friends at Breakside. This was a big conundrum, which Breakside beer to pick. Right. So we picked the gold medal winning IPA. Yeah, the flagship. The flagship. One of the uh, only beers that doesn't have a title. It's just named for the style. Yes. Uh, Wanderlust and their uh, What Rough Beast Hazy were two uh, strong contenders as well. Uh, here's the big exception. We chose the Fort George Three-Way IPA, which is a regular beer in the sense that it comes out every year. Right. Irregular in the sense that it's a collaboration with two other breweries and it changes every year. Right. Uh, but it is almost always excellent. Right. <laughs> so we decided to get to try this one. Yeah. Uh, this year's uh, Block 15 IPA. Uh huh. Von Ebert Volatile Substance. Uh huh. Sun Rivers Vicious Mosquito. The Uber Classic of Oregon Boneyards RPM. Ninkazi's relatively new Juicy Domination. 
and Freem's IPA. And you also note that we didn't distinguish between hazies and non-hazies. Right. Now there's just, I, you know, it's a spectrum, I think. So we didn't care so much. Yeah, and that's something we'll talk about in the in the uh, the competition. But um, but definitely it is now a spectrum. And, and there are a couple of classic examples on either end, but most of them have fallen somewhere in between. Um, and uh, yeah, so good point. Yeah. So that's Team Oregon. <laughs> now for Team Washington. Uh, Backwoods which is called Off-Grid off IPA. Uh, we did Ruben's Hazelicious. Uh, that one speaks for itself. It's a hazy. Uh, Bale Breaker's Top Cutter uh, IPA. Fremont, uh, and this is another one similar to Breakside, we chased down their Ollie, which is their seasonal IPA um, that we've both had before. Um, Elysian Space Dust. So we, we, Anheuser-Busch made an appearance here. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about whether we wanted to balance that out with Oregon's uh, version, which would be uh, 10 Barrels Apocalypse IPA, but we didn't. Right. Uh, a brewery in Vancouver, Washington named Trapdoor. They have a beer that we do not know necessarily if it's a regular one. It's called Glowed Up. Right. And we, it was a brewery that was recommended to us and I went to Ben's and I'm not super familiar with it. And it, it appeared, it didn't say it was a special beer. So, <laughs> so hopefully their, their glowed up is, it's a hazy, their glowed up hazy IPA is a normal one. Uh, Aslan Brewing from Bellingham, uh, batch 15 and Georgetown's Bodhisattva, which is a big popular favorite. Um, and that's for, that's team Washington. Yeah. So, uh, we're pretty proud of the fact that we have a fairly good, um, uh, not only, uh, eight from each state, but uh, within the states, we have a pretty good geographical diversity. Right. Uh, for example, Bale Breakers from Yakima, you know, Elysian and Fremont are from Seattle, so is Rubens, Backwoods from Vancouver, Trapdoor from Vancouver, Aslan from Bellingham, and so on. Yeah, I think actually Vancouver, uh, Backwoods is from like down, isn't it from down the gorge? Oh, is like it? Okay. Above My apologies then. <laughs> uh, it's north of the river. To us, Portlanders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then same thing for Oregon. So we had uh, places like uh, uh, Breakside and Von Ebert. Um, and f well, that's it from no, Portland. Free oh, yeah, that's right. I thought I was Wow. Now that I think about it. And then we had Sun River from Sun River. We had Ninkazi from Eugene. Boneyard from Ben. Freem from Hood River. Von, uh, Block 15 from uh, Corvallis. And Fort George from Astoria. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. Wow, we did well. All right, so that's it. So let's get to the competition, man. All right. So. Uh, yeah, oh, we should say how we did it. So we didn't have our intern, yes. and so what we did was we uh, taped up all of the bottles. Yeah, look for the social media pictures of these wonderful. That's right. We, we posted, uh, we've already posted these online. Um, and then we mixed them all up, and then we numbered them, and we had corresponding uh, numbered cups and then we poured them in um at that point not having any idea which order we were what they were or anything else and yes. so i think I, i'm i'm i feel certain that i was not <laughs> yeah i did not want you pour them because there are a couple of cans that have a little distinctive element like a, a pull tab that's colored but fortunately <laughs> i'm colorblind so that really yeah, helped <laughs> so he didn't even know and yeah. i didn't watch so. patrick as i was trying to peel off the uh the tape on the ninkasi which apparently has a turquoise 
pole tap, which I couldn't distinguish from the silver. Um, he's like, that's Ninkasi. What? I, how do you know? You're magic. <laughs> so uh, I was not, I, I, was, I was easily fooled. Yep, by that. I was completely uh, oblivious. I was completely in the blind and I was quite surprised in the end, as always. And we, and we also had uh, enough uh, 16 and 12 ounces. So that didn't, wasn't a giveaway. Yes. Yeah. That was another issue. All in cans. All that, in cans. That which was I, one I would, Yeah. I would say that is a big change in American brewing is that. Uh, Amazing, right? You know, we considered throwing in uh, gigantic, but it's a bottle. It was, you know, impossible to conceal that. But that was not a problem with any others. Almost everything else. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much everything's turned to cans. It's, uh, yeah. Especially post COVID because brewers like uh, Breakside and Freem and others are now in cans. So. Okay. So before we begin, let's just talk about sort of the, the way that you approach judging. You're much more experienced than I am at this. And when you're thinking about an IPA, do you have objective criteria you're looking for? Is it entirely subjective? How do you, how do you think about it? Well, I, you know, one thing is we, we, uh, we did select a band of strength and I think that's important. So we didn't have any doubles and we didn't have any yes. sessions or pails or anything like right. that. Yes, that's true. Uh, and beyond that, you know, uh, I think it's a fairly, uh, easy category to judge. It is true that in some cases you're getting a really, you know, classic piney caddy, uh, clear, uh, old school IPA, mm-hmm. but it should still have expressive hops. Uh, should still have balance. Like so, all of the all of the things you're looking for. You're looking. They're intense styles. They should be intense, mm-hmm. uh, but they should also have balance. Um, you're judging. If you have a hazy in front of you, you're thinking of it as compared to other hazies. Like you're not saying it's not. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not piney, so I don't like it. But you're, but you're saying, you know, is this expressive in the way that it's supposed to be expressive? Yeah. So we, we just went through, and and it was pretty easy. I mean, I think in some ways it was even easier from from my side. And I'll see what you think about this. But when we were doing the pilsners, and we had uh, Czech and Germans, yeah. in some ways those are more different, believe it or not, and harder to yeah. kind of reconcile than uh, hazies and non hazies. Yeah, perhaps. And I think that. I mean, being men of a certain age, <laughs> we've lived through a lot of different iterations of IPAs, and we appreciate uh, both in sort of an old school, piney, cascade heavy IPA and a new school, you know, citra, mosaic heavy IPA. So yeah. I feel like we did a pretty good job with that. And, and as, we, as you'll see as we go through, we, we definitely have evolved with the times and tend, I think, uh, to, fa- to you know to have evolved and so we favor juicy yes uh, yeah. juicier styles although still appreciate the old styles but I was looking for yeah and my and for me personally I was looking for a, a, a really nice expression of hops so I wanted a nice clear flavor and aroma from right. the hops and I wanted them to be present and um, distinct I wanted a nice balance I don't particularly like too sweet and I don't particularly like too bitter right. uh, and I also uh, pay attention to things like mouthfeel and look uh, the um, how it looks and uh, how it finishes. In IPAs, actually, that becomes kind of a prominent characteristic of how it finishes. It is, and we may be more influenced by region than our age uh, because <laughs> I think we uh, we appreciate a little drier palate. So if yes. we'd been if we'd been judging with Bostonians, they might have had a slightly different view. But That's you know, we're, we're judging Northwest IPAs, and we're Northwest guys, yeah, and so none of them are really out. super New Englandy in the sense that they were super sweet. And, right. Yeah. So, all right. So let's let's talk about them, and how would you like to to start? Uh, should we just go through? go through them in the way that uh, we had them numbered and yeah. you can kind of see the organic way that we had had them split up. Sure. Was- so we randomized. These are all completely random the way in which we taste them. So beer number one, 
was Ruben's Hazelicious. And uh, this advanced. This is one of our top six. Yeah. yeah. So congrats in advance to Rubens. <laughs> Team Washington scores one. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a nice hazy. It's uh, it's got a lot of citrus on the nose. I I felt. Yeah, I did too. It was. Um, it has a quality that I have begun to uh, really identify with hazies, which is a kind of vitamin C sweet tart mm. uh, kind of. Uh, quality that the the hops give when you when you uh, put them through the hazy protocols, yeah. and so it had that that quality, but it was uh, it was not super intense and chlorophylly. It didn't right. go over the top, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, so it had a nice bitter balance. I thought it did, which I think is pretty pretty now characteristic of Northwest hazies. Right. Oh, and we should say that we um, the way we did it is just just as a way. You can do these in a million different ways, but uh, we. We, we looked at the aroma, flavor, character, harmony, and then sort of an overall category of just whether we liked it, the presentation of the beer. Yeah. Um, and then we added those scores up. It was one to five in each one. So it was uh, five to 25 right. was the possible score for every beer. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and that will become relevant later when we talk about uh, <laughs> which which uh, which state tallied the highest scores. Yeah. So Rubens from Seattle, uh, their hazy, their sort of flagship hazy, which is Hazelicious, did did quite well. It's yeah. a nice beer. Excellent. Highly recommended. It's interesting because number the beer number two is another Seattle Titan. The Seattle uh, Titan that's very popular. We got a lot of recommendations for this, and that is Georgetown's Bodhisattva. Did not advance. Did not advance. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Though uh, it's not like we didn't like it. Um, yeah, it's a dank, sort of old school in a sense. Piney and dank is how I characterized it. Yeah, uh, the thing that that really knocked it down for me uh, was it, it did have a pretty hard finish. Yes, it was a pretty sharp, hard finish. Um, so I, I was liking the beer up until. Uh, it, it was, I, I got more of a citrusy than pine, mm-hmm. but you know, it's that, those are related flavors. Um, and it has, it has some nice malt. So it was a little bit fuller and sweeter, which was great. Uh, they balanced well, but then yeah, bang, kind yeah. of hit me hard at the end. So. Yeah. I should be clear. I didn't mean to suggest that it's like uh, all pine. Um, it just, it, it tends to more piney in terms of the classic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, slightly dank and vegetal as I, I wrote it down and then yes. Very bitter, I put. <laughs> so it really lingers on that tongue and just kind of sits there. Yeah. Uh, which, if you like that, that's your beer, man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, by the way, except for one, I'll just say there was absolutely nothing wrong with any of these beers. I didn't really find a flaw um, in the in the making of the beer. Well, there's a couple of caveats there, which we'll arrive at. A couple carrots. Yes, yeah. yes. But I would just say that overall, the, the the overall quality, as you might expect these days in craft beer, is very high. Yeah, and there wasn't anything like um, a sour or you know weird, if you know funky. Yes, that kind of thing. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay, beer three. So there are two beers in this 
<laughs> field that were very uh, mostly Patrick and I were right on the same page, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we we had uh, 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 sometimes almost identical scores, sometimes just slightly off. Yes, uh, there were two beers that that was not true. One of them I loved, and Patrick was meh on. One of them Patrick loved, and I was meh on. This was one that I loved, and Patrick was meh on. Yes. But it did actually advance after a lot of discussion. It did. Uh, uh, we we went back and revisited a lot of these beers. So this was Von Ebert's Volatile Substance from Portland. So that, for those scoring at home, would be one Oregon and one Washington. Yep, so we got Rubens and we got Von Ebert now. <laughs> <laughs> one to one so far. Although we're going to get to the team competition later. We'll, 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 we'll reveal in this pod who won the team competition. That's right. And then next pod we'll talk about. We'll do the top six. Uh, okay, so tell me what you liked about Von Ebert since you liked it so much. I liked it a lot. It was it had a it was an interesting uh, kind of a surprise uh, beer because in the nose it was very I, I got a, it was mm-hmm. very dank. Yes, um, but then on the palate it was it was the malt really shone through nicely. It was harmonious and it mm-hmm. it presented as much more juicy on the palate than dank. You know, it smelled like it was going to be old school dank. Um, it was a it was a bright, well made, good looking beer. Um, so I thought it was fantastic. It was, I had two, two beers, uh, had a score of 22 for me. Uh, and this was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I liked it, but I, I, uh, I liked it less than you because I felt that the, uh, for me, the palate was similar to the nose, that it was a little bit muddled. I didn't get that distinct, clear flavor notes that I was hoping for from the, uh, from the hops. Although having gone back and re- it was the third beer I tested, having gone back and revisited it and talked to you about it, I did, um, uh, start to appreciate it more. So I will say that, uh, and I will be interested to try it in the future. Uh, beer four. This, so, <laughs> this is one of the ones that yeah, we so, have to talk about. Yeah, we have to talk about this one. So this is uh, Backwoods Off-Grid IPA. This is the brewery from north of the river uh, uh, in the Vancouver area. Not sure exactly where. We'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's further east uh, across the river, but yeah. yeah. Camas or something. Uh, okay. Uh, so Beer 4 was oxidized. That was that was what we it had it had all the classic uh, characteristics of kind of um, the hops had gone tea like and kind of flat and the uh, hot, uh, the malt had sweetened up and become kind of muddy yes. and it had that kind of flat dull character exactly I wrote malty and dull um, but then we checked the can and it was only two months old not even quite two months old so that we're not totally clear what what's going on there yeah it did it did seem like it was oxidized but yeah. You wouldn't expect that in a less than two-month-old can. Yeah, it was like seven weeks or something. So, so uh, we'll kind of uh, put an asterisk there and right. say we didn't love it, but it's possible <laughs> that you know we have a can that wasn't great. Right. Um, so we'll just sort of put that one aside. Uh, okay, five was Breakside's gold-winning IPA. Did not advance. Did not advance. Dun, dun, and dun. It's, so if you think we're in the pocket of Breakside, there you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know ben, ben Edmonds is like a regular on the show. But um, uh, we, I liked this beer, and it was on the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Patrick had super loved it, I would have put it through. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we both gave it a pretty high score, but yeah. just not a top score. Right. And so you know what we did is we averaged. Yeah, we, we sort of talked about our two scores together. Uh, it's a nice beer. A nice yeah. citrus aroma, bright flavor. I thought it had a really nice. That's what I'm looking for in a in a hoppy IPA is some really nice bright flavor characteristics that I can kind of remember and hang on to. Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, you know, it's not a hazy, but it's uh, un, unfiltered, so it's a little bit 
little bit cloudy. Nicely so, I thought. Uh, it does. It's got a pretty significant bitter punch. It does. It's classic West Coast in that way. Yeah. And I, I felt, uh, I, I noted that it was uh, it was a little bit fuller and sweeter, which was nice for those West Coast things. Mm. Not not caramely, but just, right. uh, you know, the malts were more present uh, as a balancing note. So I, I liked that a lot. And I, I also noted that the flavors, the malts and the hops were very clean. Yeah, exactly. It's a really well-made beer. It's a really good beer. Just didn't quite make it. Right. It's a tough, hey, it's a tough competition, That's, man. Hey, it's, 18 beers, only six can make it. Uh, so let's talk about one that did. Yeah. Beer number six, which was? Elysian Space Dust. <laughs> Bud in the house. Oh, Bud's in the house. <laughs> and Hazard Bush's uh, Space Dust from Elysian. Well, okay. So let's let's admit that Elysian is one of the old granddaddies of the craft beer scene in the Pacific Northwest. So you got that. Yeah. Also bought out by Bud. So you got that. Right. And Space Dust is something that's created to conquer the world. And, maybe. And, you know. And it's not bad. Kudos to <laughs> it's that. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the thing we we both noticed noted that it was fruity and and uh, delicate, sweet, juicy, but that it had a little bit of a harsh ending, which was the one note that uh, uh, that that stopped it from being a super juggernaut. And in my harmony thing, I gave it a three, which was kind of a low score across. Mm. The, you know, if it hadn't if it hadn't been for that, it would have it would have been a that little that little kind of bite there the yeah end. i love the aroma and i love the flavor and yes that um uh that was one slight demerit another slight demerit that i had that i don't think you felt the same way but i felt the mouth mouthfeel was just slightly too slick there was just a little sort of uh, residue left on my tongue it didn't finish clean and dry like i tend to prefer hmm, interesting but, yeah but that was a very minor note i gave it a high score so um, yeah, so Elysian Space Dust is the third of our top six. So that's two for Washington, one for Oregon so far. Oh, no. Uh, uh, but it, it's interesting. Our six, seven, and eight beers all advanced. That was our sixth beer. So we're in a run here. Yeah. So now uh, to balance things out, we have a beer from Oregon. That's beer number seven. That is uh, Sun River Brewing's Vicious Mosquito. That's right. And which, they, uh, Sun River is a brewery that makes a ton of of uh, hazy and non-hazy one-offs, but this yeah. is their regular IPA. Yeah. Uh, and this one, by the way, is just one that was suggested to us on social media. I'm not sure we would have sought this out. Yeah. I had mean, we not had many people say, you got to include this one. So. Yeah, it's one of those breweries that I, I thought was, they're kind of in a, they win a ton of awards for their IPAs, but they're mostly what they win awards for are these one-offs, which wasn't going to fit our criteria but, yeah. but enough people said go ahead and do the vicious mosquito that we tried and boy they were right i liked it i thought that it, that the that the flavor and and, and uh, aroma notes were sort of more floral and spicy which was a little bit different and kind of nice this is the beer that i said to you mm, that just tastes familiar everything about that beer uh, it just it just tastes like a it just is familiar it tastes like <laughs> right. I, it tastes like an ipa like a classic ipa if, if, I, if i were to say what's the quintessential flavors um it's it's got the the citrus pine and it's very harmonious it's a and clear it's just, beer it's very pretty yep. in the glass yep very well balanced i thought so uh we have uh one ha two hazies now let's see what do we have i guess space dust is sort of neither hazy nor not hazy it doesn't fit in. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's kind of the way things are now. It's just a, it's a spectrum, as we talked about. Right. Um, um, but this one was in a more of a classic mode. This was very classic, very clear. Yeah. Which contrasts our eighth beer. <laughs> so, beer eight, 
uh, was the Fort George three-way. Yeah. So again, three-way is a regular occurrence every summer. They they put out the three-way, but three-way changes every year because it's a new collaboration with two other brewers. And uh, I see you typing away, which is probably a good mo- moment to research what this year's three, three-way is. <laughs> That's right. Is, uh, uh, we decided to include it because um, – uh, it's consistently excellent. I think most years the three-way is a, definitely a beer to seek out. So we it's, did it. It's a varietal and a moonraker. Okay. Uh, and I'm not familiar with those breweries. So, so we should go. give them credit though. Varietal and moonraker are the two other, the, the two other ways of the three-way along with Fort George from Astoria, Oregon. Uh, this was kind of, I thought this was kind of a classic hazy with had that, uh, as you mentioned, that sort of sweet orangey, um, tangy orange, you know, uh, what did you call it? Orange vi- chewable vitamin or something like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you thought this was a little boozy. I wonder what the ABV is. Um, and I felt the flavor was slightly muddled, but generally really nice, kind of a lush um, and a really nice mouthfeel and a, and a really nice balance. Yeah. Uh, all right. I can't, I can't do two things at once. So, yeah. uh, Moonraker is from California and I don't know where varietal is cause it, it's in a COVID era thing. It goes right to, uh, a, a, uh, order online thing. So I can't get any. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I, I really, I really liked everything about this beer. It was, um, it was really harmonious. Uh, it was lush and full and kind of boozy, but, um, they they dialed everything right up as high as they could go without having anything get too out of control. So mm-hmm. it was like a full force wall of sound without being uh, out of out of tune or out of out of focus. Well done, uh, Sunnyside, Washington. Oh, says the um, uh, says the Google about varietal, which uh, and it's right near Snipes Mountain ah. Brewing, by the way. Um, so that's near Yakima, right? Yeah, that's close to Yakima, in between Yakima and Kennewick. So there you go. Cool. That's varietal. Yeah, uh, I think the the combination of a little bit of bitter and a little bit of booze made it um, linger on the tongue a bit. Uh, but otherwise, I didn't have many complaints. Yeah, me either. All right, so that was another winner. So that actually is and, five of our six. And that was uh, the first time I'd had this year's three-way, so nice debut. Oh, I haven't, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had it this year at all, so that was cool. Yeah, actually, I'd say at least half of these beers I never tasted before. Right. Uh, and then some of them I haven't had for a while. All right. So uh, moving on. So now we have five of our six, by the way. Right. Uh, and we have um, three Oregon and two Washington so far. So we have one more to go. Okay. So Beer 9 was a huge – this one is a, a conundrum for us. Right. Because Jeff and I have both had Fremont's Ollie, Fremont from Seattle. Uh, and we thought it was fabulous. Right. Uh, and this one we didn't think was fabulous. No. In yeah. fact, it didn't even look fabulous. It had these weird floaty particulates uh, in the – which yes. I took a photo of and I'll post that online uh, <laughs> after this comes out. I don't want to – Yeah. So we're a little perplexed. We think maybe this was a little bit of a quality control issue maybe. I don't remember the little floaties. No. There were no floaties in the one that before. I had. And the, the – the, the hop flavors were very clean and clear and yes. they were kind of like more in the melon kind of stone fruit, mm-hmm. which was a nice presentation different than most, most ones. And this one had kind of a weird aroma, those particulates. And then it was 
pretty harsh and bitter at the end. Yeah. So we didn't love this beer. We didn't love it, which is bizarre. <laughs> we thought we had put the ringer in because Fremont's another one where we were trying to decide. They have their inner urban IPA, which is kind of their old school IPA. They have their lush IPA, which is slightly new school. And then we had, and then the Ollie, which is, which is really a seasonal. So it doesn't quite fit our, our uh, definition, but uh, we decided to throw it in anyway. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. So maybe uh, we'll yeah, find out. Yeah. Uh, didn't make it. Beer 10 was Freem IPA. Also didn't make it. Also didn't make it. So if you think we're in the pocket of Freem and, and, and uh, uh, Breakside, which we love their beer. And, they make and, excellent beer. And in both, one, yeah, and in both cases, this was just much like uh, a Breakside. I, I, I liked it and it was it was on the bubble. It just didn't quite tip yeah. over. Yeah. It got good scores, but not, yeah. Yeah, and again, and again, not surprising. I I had the word clean in my notes, which clean for, and well balanced is what I put. Yeah, <laughs> any Freem beer, uh, you can almost guarantee the word clean is going to be in there. They really they really go for uh, uh, clear, articulated, clean flavors. Nothing funky or weird or off. Um, so this was it's a piney presentation, sort of old yep. school. Yep. Um, but not very juicy, and I I guess maybe no. that's probably where I yeah. If it had been a little juicier, I might have said, oh, this is this – Yeah, the- uh, we had this little discussion about I, when I look for a beer, I like to uh, – an IPA particularly, I like to think of it as being somewhat memorable. Like what was that flavor that really – you know, how would I describe it to a friend? Right. And this is what that sort of lacked. It lacked that one like clean, clear note. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. All right. Moving on then. Uh, beer 11 actually we liked a lot it was a really close one but it was didn't quite make it block 15's IPA yeah and not only was it um, did we like it but it was also one of the most distinctive on the table Mm -hmm. it was very unusual Um, you uh, noticed uh, what did you what were what were the what your you you start start by your notes because I think you <laughs> well it's a hazy uh, block fifteen by the way is from Corvallis Oregon home of the Beavers Oregon State University woohoo uh, I thought it had a fantastic aroma that was really citrusy without being that sort of candy uh, and a little bit floral I called it uh, lovely and balanced if if trending a little bitter and I just thought it had a um, uh, a lush citrusy flavor. Yeah, so it it you know it looks like a hazy, and then you smell it, and it's got a really kind of more classic uh, aroma, which was really surprising to me. And then um, the the for me the flavor profile, it had a kind of resinous sappiness that was just intense, and um, it it was bitter, but it was more resinous. And so hmm. after I swallowed, it just it felt like. Uh, you know, part of it had just that that resin had just settled in yeah. among my taste buds and was just gonna gonna hang around. It, it was makes a very, sense a little bit with block fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just cannot uh, figure out what I scribbled here. It's uh, it's some little note, but something, but slightly something, and I think maybe uh, it was something along those lines. Yeah, it was. It, it, if you um if you just saw it sitting there and you you grabbed it expecting a you know a fruit punch. Yeah, palate. It's really not what you get, which is fascinating. Yeah, if it was just me, it would probably be in my top top six, but it didn't quite make it. So yeah. Uh, okay, beer twelve was the Bailbreaker Top Cutter, and this one was the one that uh, 
sort of the inverse. If if it were on my own, it probably would have made the top six, mm. or it would have been very close. But you were you were not not right there. Um, this it, it's a classic again in the in the classic school, uh, and um, I described it as just kind of like classic hop flavors. And yeah. I don't know if that's the humulanine uh, or what, if it's yeah. like there's a, but it, um, it just tastes like hops. Which yeah. I guess and, and so we had so. this discussion and for me, that's just sort of meh. Like there was nothing, as I described before, I'm looking for something really distinct, something, some kind of flavors to just pop out at me, which I guess exposes my bias. I'm sort of trending new school. Right. Uh, but this one just felt just, sort of muddled i didn't really there wasn't any distinct flavors that popped out and i agree with you kind of has that just sort of old school hoppy ipa taste yeah and and uh Bill not, Brig- not unpleasant at all i got a pretty good score from me just not quite top six right yeah it was in that it was in that we kind of had three tiers we had beers we didn't like beers that were kind of on the bubble and yeah. then beers we liked and and uh, uh this was and some in some cases uh a bubble beer didn't get in and uh in other cases, it did kind of depending on our discussion. Um, yeah, I, I uh, bail breaker for those folks who don't know it is in Yakima and they focus on hops. I think they're actually associated yeah. with a hop farm. So yeah, uh, they're all about the hops. All right. Beer 13 was Aslan from Bellingham, Washington, batch 15 IPA. And uh, this was another interesting beer. This was the one that you noticed that weird. Uh, an indefinable spice note in i think is that right uh it might be i my main notes i felt it slightly cloying and kind of finished with a with a or a film on my mouth that's why again it was one that i actually scored pretty well uh so i liked it but there was just some stuff that didn't quite I, i i said it had a lovely aroma yeah and a nice flavor and a pretty good mouth feel but with that sort of oh yeah here you go yes this is what you're talking about yeah uh i have this note yeah one weird off aroma that's a little spicy sort of strange that i wasn't sure yes. yeah i couldn't identify it either um i don't think it's off i think it's just really unusual and it's like Sorry, a- yeah that was my note to myself i didn't mean it off as like an yes in the classic sense that was a bad bad diction there and it's spice not in the pepper spice but more like in a paprika or something like that. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. a weird kind of unusual spice yeah uh, so i i actually i actually quite liked it um i found that it, it had a tropicality and citrusy uh, it also had a fair bitter pop at mm-hmm. the end so um it was it was it was very modern but it also was i think you know fairly northwest in the sense that it had a lot of structural bitterness yeah you scored it slightly higher than me but both of us scored it pretty it was in that category that we both liked it but Right. Didn't quite reach the heights. Unlike Beer 14, which did, and this is kind of the dark horse in our whole competition. It is. It just kind of snuck in there at the end. And they, uh, it rounds out our, our, our finals. Yes. Yeah, so Washington State's uh, Trapdoor from Vancouver, their glowed up hazy IPA is the sixth of our top six. And great beer. Uh, I had I had only one minor note otherwise it was a classic uh hazy with all the all the juiciness and tropicality um on the palate it was really soft uh, and Mm -hmm. gentle uh you know nice mouthfeel full and uh saturated juiciness um but then 
the one the one note that I had was that it seemed a little it seemed to kind of collapse a little bit at the swallow mm. like it didn't it didn't it didn't really finish strong um, but you know minor note yeah yeah and I have something similar what I put was that it sort of uh, um, finished a little resinous a little viscous on the mouth so it didn't sort of finish that clean sharp way but that's it's a hazy right so kind of the way it goes I loved. Uh, the aroma. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah, it was sort of tropical and citrusy and lovely and a really great flavor. Yeah, I gave it a five in the aroma too, which was fairly rare. I was trying to be. Yeah, this is our joint top scorer, by the way. And the other one, just so you know, I don't even know if you know this, uh, was the three way. So I guess you guys, you and I are hazy heads now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just shows, you know, we're, we're keeping up. We're modern, man. Keeping we're up. up. And, we, and we had hazies and non-hazies. So, so, yeah, this is one, I don't know, had you known about Trapdoor before? I hadn't. And we got a bunch of... There, there are a, uh, a few... Sorry. There are a few uh, Vancouver breweries that are getting a lot of attention. And I feel like you and I should actually go Head to Vancouver. Head up there? And, uh, so far. I know, right? <laughs> When I had to make had to make the trek out to Ben's, uh, it was it was quite a trek. And they complained, man, nobody from Portland ever comes out here to buy our beer. Like, yeah, I know, sorry, man, that river. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two bridges, so, and it can be a pain. Yeah. So for uh, folks who don't live in the Northwest, uh, Vancouver is the city that sits just on the other side of the Columbia River from Portland. So uh, part of the Portland metro area. It's part of the Portland metro area. But because of that big physical barrier, it actually is a little bit of a pain to get there. Yeah. uh, Because there's only one, there's only two bridges across both. And because Oregonians are perhaps, uh, especially Portlanders are perhaps the most parochial people on the planet. (laughs) It might as well be a giant wall. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It might as well be a different country. Uh, Okay. So moving on, uh, last two, uh, we've already revealed that these did not make the top, uh, but they're both pretty good. Beer 15 was Ninkazi's Juicy Domination. Now this Ninkazi classic, uh, super successful, great brewery from Eugene, uh, kind of rocked the world with total domination. Yep. But that's pretty old now. And we decided we wanted to give them a fair fight. So we decided to do something more modern. So we took their hazy domination, which is their new hazy beer. And it's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I felt like uh, it, it also felt like it might be a, a little bit oxidized. And I forgot to look at the can to see if that was true. Yeah. So that's interesting because I thought, oh, wow, what a wonderful English IPA, which can't <laughs> possibly have been there. <laughs> Well, maybe it could, but I doubt it was their intent. So maybe there was some oxidation going on or something. Right. Um, I kind of liked it because I thought, oh, hey, look, there's more malty and more Englishy, but you could be right. It could just be the effects of oxygen. Yeah. So, so that's another one where we kind of put a little asterisk and say maybe in a, in a, a better can we would have uh, rated this higher, but we did rate it pretty well. Yeah, it was, it was uh, one of the middle runs. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is interesting. This was my favorite beer, but I couldn't convince Jeff. This is Boneyard's RPM. Yeah, so this is the one, uh, the the one that where I had to give it a low score, and Patrick gave it a high score to kind of compliment score. the volatile uh, substance. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because volatile substance was my highest score too. So our collective high score may have been the trapdoor, but it was not either of our yeah. individual high it's scores. It's a little old school. It's saturated Cascade hop. Like classic to me it was classic saturated Cascade hop aroma, uh, but I like that sort of piney, florally, little citrusy Cascade classic flavor. But I thought it was just a luscious beer, perfect balance, great mouthfeel. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this beer. This really should be 
<laughs> there was nothing. I agree. There was nothing wrong with it, but it just uh, when it when it re- was revealed that it was RPM, I think it just suffered from having been um, a little bit older uh, in terms of intensity. So it was really a yeah. soft presentation. Everything yeah, was dialed yeah. dialed down. And um, in this field, I, I guess it just didn't stand out for me. I just uh, my my notes are riddled with the word mild. Yeah, and so it did not impress well, me. You can make peace with you and your God, but uh, uh, it's good beer. Uh, <laughs> all right, but that's fine. We're we're it's it's good. I, I accept it. Didn't quite make the top six. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of good beers in this in this competition. There were yeah. There so were. we did have. Three in the end from Washington and three from Oregon. But we decided we would also do a team competition. Ah, yes. Yeah, so the team competition. Because that's unsatisfying. A tie. <laughs> Who wants a tie? Yeah. Uh, so we did do a team competition. So what we did was we simply added up our scores. Remember that Jeff and I came up with a score that was between 5 and 25 for each of the beers. So we simply added them all up. Mine, On each dimension in the beer. So five to, oh yeah, each, sorry. Yeah, each dimension was one to five. And so that made the overall score. And there was five categories. It was uh, possible of 25 points. <laughs> we added them up and uh, basically just did a tally. So here, drum roll please, <laughs> is it's a tally. So Washington State got 248.5 points. I added a few point fives in there. Actually, you did in the end too. I only did it because uh, once you started doing it, I said, "Oh, I'm changing this to a point five. That's because my palate is so precise. Yes, that I need a more precise metric. That's the dismal. It's the dismal scientist coming out in you. Yeah. So Washington got two forty eight point five. Oregon got two eighty five point zero. Yeah, baby. Whoa, way to go, Beaver State. <laughs> and uh, put it. You put a. You put an evergreen, and you put a beaver. In a cage, and I know who's going to win that. Beaver's just going to eat up the evergreen. Evergreen's going to fall. So, uh, congratulations to Oregon. Yeah, and everyone, and, all Oregonians, should be proud of this moment. And it's and it's and it's a big uh, both the the Ollie, which had a which had its weird thing, and the Backwoods, which we felt like was oxidized, were yes. were kind of major contributors to this uh, disparity. So, sometimes that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's it. That's that's our round one. Nevertheless, of course, Oregon won. I mean, come on. <laughs> Was there ever any doubt? Yeah, not, not, not to us, obviously. Uh, yeah, so uh, going forward in, in our next podcast, uh, you will hear us discuss Rubens Hazelicious, Von Ebert's Volatile Substance, Elysian Space Dust, Sun Rivers, Vicious Mosquito, Fort George's Three-Way IPA, and Trapdoors Glowed Up. That's right. So yeah, so we have um, a nice mix of of hazies, uh, old school, and kind of in between. Mostly, not so many old schools. Mostly, well, I guess. I well, guess but that's actually vicious it, mosquito is is pretty old school. There's a couple things that stood out to us. Like I was surprised at how many sort of, uh, if not old school, but kind of old school flavor profiles mixed with a little bit of new school. I kind of expected. It all to be very modern, very citrusy, very bright kind of flavors, and uh, no, there's still a lot of that influence of yeah, the I cascade think hop with the pine and the floral. This can be a little bit of a problem of um, uh, insularity if if you only ever talk to other people who drink a lot of beer, uh, or or you're on beer Twitter or beer Instagram, mm-hmm. you'll see people talk about juicy hazy beers, and but if you go to the grocery store. 
then you look around and the you know the ipas that are sold there are, are much more in the older school so and they sell a lot more beer so it's interesting i'm not sure how you want to yeah i dis- mean and we, that, and we but, kind of um uh you know put our finger on the scale right because we didn't we decided not to take interurban from fremont we decided not to take total domination from ninkazi for example so we yeah. were trying to move away from what we thought was sort of too old school but there's obviously a huge segment of the market that just once they fell in love with that kind of beer, that's what they want to drink. Yeah, that's which exactly right. fascinating me, fascinating to me. And I, I think the other uh, interesting trend which we have noted before on the pod, and uh, but bears repeating, is that there's these lines are also getting a little bit blurry. Beers right. like Volatile Substance uh, were, were really had qualities of both, uh, you know, a more citrusy, piney. Uh, yeah. base but also much juicier and fuller uh, and less bitter yeah. than yeah, yeah. you know if you're like a Bridgeport IPA or Breakside IPA or um, some of the other like classic West Coast styles so you're you're seeing the everything kind of blend a little bit and 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 I think that makes it appropriate that we would uh, judge all of these together. Yeah. And the other thing that I would just say is it's very very clear that when the northwest and not in the northeast just yeah. in that there's a pretty significant bitter backbone to every one of these beers. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's not a single true. what I would call a flabby sweet beer. Yeah, we had one that was that we had a note that it could have finished a little crisper and mm-hmm. in my mind that means a little bit more kettle hopping, a little a little bit more bittering in the kettle, but right. um, but not even not even very noticeable. And in fact, uh, we tasted these on the back porch and uh, it, they were, you know, we're pouring them in little cups and they got pretty warm and yes. hazy IPAs show especially badly in that format if, they, if they're if they too sweet and yeah, lack yeah. enough bitterness. And yet even uh, Trapdoor's Glowed Up, which was the one that we thought was pretty pretty sweet and pretty full, it, it totally was fine. Yeah. You know, it held up very well in those conditions. So yeah. congrats to uh, Congrats to everyone, but particularly congrats to our top six finishers. Indeed. Uh, and so next week we will be doing the big Oregon, Washington, face off. <laughs> It'll be Rubens, Elysian, and Trapdoor versus themselves and <laughs> versus uh, Varn Ebert, uh, Sun River, and Fort George. Indeed. Good luck to everyone. All right. So uh, we have a little time now for a little bit of uh, mailbag. Yeah. So, Jeff, would you like to um, we do one of these? Dip into the mailbag and see what we've got. Uh, let's do. Yeah, that's him dipping into the mailbag. Shuffling through papers here. Let's do the first one. Okay. Uh, Jeff Bennett from Sacramento, because this is actually a timely update. So, Hi, uh, Jeff which, which, which I re- re- received this a while ago, so it's not super timely. You may actually have seen this news, but it's sort of interesting uh, uh, for a couple of reasons. You want me to go? Go. Uh, he, Jeff writes, not sure if this is worthy of a news blurb in an upcoming Birvana podcast. Well, no, Jeff, because you're in the mailbag, my friend. So uh, <laughs> you're you're breaking the news. But thought you might be interested if you aren't already aware. Great notion. Uh, Portland's kind of hazy uh, pastry beer brewery yeah. is planning to open a small operation here in Sacramento to be, able to, ta- I know, to be able to tap into the California market. Well, we have a lot of good breweries here. I think 80 plus now. Sacramento, it's a very uh, IPA heavy town. Big shocker. 
Uh, we need breweries who embrace a better diversity of styles, in my opinion. I'd love to see some more other, uh, see some of the other Portland area breweries following Great Notions footsteps and uh, open some kind of operation here. It's rare for Oregonians to try to venture south of the Into border. Into California, yeah. We have modern times here in Portland. Right. They're, they're doing pretty well, at least as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a little surprised, honestly. I thought maybe there would be a little more parochialism. Like, uh, look at these Californians coming here to sell us beer. Like, yeah. what are they going to tell us about beer? Uh, but no, it's done pretty well. And so I am all for it, man. Let's conquer California. Yeah, and I think it's – Show a, those guys what good beer is. And it's an interesting choice uh, to go to Sacramento and, and not yeah. down into the Bay Area or L.A. or some yeah. you know, place like that. Sacramento is uh, – um, well, it's, it's closer to Portland than those places, but uh, a bit, yeah. uh, but it's also not considered, you know, the the hippest city in California. So it's an interesting choice to test the waters there. Sacktown, baby, it's getting there. I think it's I think it's a smart choice actually because <laughs> I'm sure that rents are a little cheaper, so that yeah. you know your your risk is a little bit lower, and um, there might be some more interest uh, in a city like Sacramento than in a place like L.A. or San Diego or uh, Bay Area. So- it's ambitious, but it also just sort of talks about, I mean, it also speaks to this trend where breweries are really kind of little, uh, kind of the, we've talked about this in the past, sort of the Tide House model that they're getting these little tap rooms here and there, and they're sort of expanding these tap room empires, direct consumer model yeah. that harkens back <laughs> to the 1800s or whatever in, uh, in England and other places. Um, but yeah, good, good luck. Great notion. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're you know they're super popular, super hip here, so I would expect that that they at least hit the ground running. And they 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 opened a place in uh, Seattle, so this is part of their model. So we'll see, uh, Jeff. You can let us know when they open um, what how it's going down there and whether what the reception is. Yeah, sweet. Well, thanks for writing in, Jeff. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, we should probably wrap this up because it's pretty long and. We got to get to the second part, which we haven't actually done as we record this, by the way. It's true. We have our top six, but we haven't gone and done the. We, so now we have to go and do the, uh, the next part of our, of our, uh, uh, Northwest IPA Smackdown. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, stick around for the next pod, and you'll find out who the champ- grand champion is, and who meddled, and who didn't. That's right. That's right. All right. So a few words going out. Please subscribe to us on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. Five stars, please. That helps other listeners find the show. We'd love to hear from you. So please send your questions or comments to at Jeff, to, to, to Jeff at BeervanaBlog.com or on Twitter at BeervanaPod. Jeff blogs at the Beervana blogs, Beervana blog, and he tweets at Beervana. And Patrick tweets at Beernomics. And actually, after all drinking all that beer, we don't have any in our hand to cheers from, but we That's can just true. give a notional cheers. That's right. So, I, ra- I raise my uh, my ra- Vaughn Ebert. I'm raising my, my Boneyard RPM. <laughs> my top rated beer didn't make top six. Uh, not that I'm bitter about it. Uh, that was a nice pun, by the way. And it was not a bitter beer, so there you are. All right. <laughs> cheers, Jeff. Cheers, Patrick. Until next time.